2: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and that Technicolor rainbow in between, and welcome to Wrestling 787, the first English language podcast dedicated to covering professional wrestling on the island of Puerto Rico. Yes. That tiny 100 by 35 square mile island stuck in the middle of the Caribbean. My name is A.B. Morales and you can find me on Twitter at abmorales Morales 787. You can find my work written At last word on sports forward slash pro wrestling, where I tend to write reviews of Monday Night Raw, AEW Rampage, as well as cover pro wrestling in Puerto Rico with news and weekly reports and such. So, for our first topic here, we're not actually going to be covering Puerto Rican pro wrestling per se. We're actually going to be covering WWE. WWE Backlash is going to be taking place in Puerto Rico in the Jose Miguel Aguiló Coliseum here. Better known to us as El Choliseo, and in English, that would probably be the Choliseum. It's a reference to a comedian and his character, in case you're wondering, but that's usually how it's referred to. The thing is, as Brandon Thurston from WrestleNomics reported, $1.8 million are being paid by the government of Puerto Rico to sanction this event. Well, not technically one event. It's technically two events, since it also includes SmackDown. According to reports coming from Puerto Rico, WWE actually asked for about $5 million when they first bid it for the show in Puerto Rico. And they were very adamant about it taking place here. This is something that was covered in Noticel which covers uh, news, Latin American news and such. They added on Brandon Thurston's reporting, adding the whole 1.8 million and such, and how WWE actually wanted a hell of a lot more. At the end of the day, of course, we know Puerto Rico sanctioned the event. They paid the 1.8 million under the banner of our tourists, whatever the hell you call it. I'm not sure how you say it in English, Uh, but Either way, it's our tourist department. It's tax money, basically. And uh, it's not covered to the extent you would imagine something like that would be covered here in the news in Puerto Rico. It's very weird. The thing about it is we're not Saudi Arabia. We're not Australia. We're not the United Kingdom. We are a colony under the United States. We could effectively be... Excuse me, we could effectively be sold. That's the conditions of Puerto Rico being a colony of the United States. Our economic situation is not the best. So it's very strange to hear that $1.8 million were paid to a billion dollar organization for what is essentially a commercial. Now, I'm no expert on the subject, but I'm pretty sure, as a matter of fact, I find it rather hard to believe that a WWE fan will watch Backlash and think to themselves, you know what, I want to go to the beaches of Puerto Rico, I want to visit Old San Juan, I want to go see El Morro, I want to go see the southwest of the island, I want to go see the beaches in Guanica, or Cabo Rojo, and stuff like that. I have a hard time imagining that for some weird reason. So it's damning to hear that 1.8 of our tax dollars go to this damn billion-dollar organization that has just been sold for even more billions of dollars. It's insane, quite honestly. Uh, but, hey, we get a big WWE pay-per-view here, I guess. So, uh, More power to them, I guess. Who the hell knows? It's just such a weird thing to think about, really. I just wanted to talk about that. Just express myself as a Puerto Rican. I've lived here for, what, 25 out of my 31 years. Uh, I've seen the recessions that have gone by. I've seen the multiple crises, whether they are caused by the government or by natural disasters. I've lived through earthquakes here in Puerto Rico. I've lived through hurricanes in Puerto Rico. But, that's life. Hell, we're getting a pay-per-view. We're getting Brock Lesnar versus Cody Rhodes. So, I don't know. I guess that's, that's the nice offset to the situation. It's just so weird. And I just wanted to talk about it. You know, bring it to the forefront since this podcast is supposed to be about Puerto Rico. But that's the lowdown when it comes to backlash coming here to the middle of the Caribbean. In the coming weeks, I might talk a little more about it. Not necessarily the build to the card. I'm pretty sure a lot of people talk about it. But what the atmosphere might be like for the show. Because I think it might be a very, very electric atmosphere for that backlash show. Especially with all the Puerto Rican stars that are coming in. You know, they're already pushing the idea of Zelina Vega versus Rhea Ripley. We, of course, have Bad Bunny who's... No matter what Triple H says on press conferences and all that, like it's pretty damn obvious. We're getting him and Rey Mysterio, probably Santos Escobar as well in a trios match against the Judgment Day. It seems pretty damn obvious, but we'll talk about that in the coming weeks. It's time for our next subject. As we're recording this podcast, IWA, the International Wrestling Association of Puerto Rico, one of the two big companies here, and headed by the legendary Savio Vega of Los Boricuas fame in the WWF, as well as wrestling in Puerto Rico as TNT in WWC for many, many years. Then he came back and helped find this, com- this company, IWA Puerto Rico, which was originally an offshoot of IWA Japan, which was founded by Victor Quinones. I bring his name up because this is event, titled Juicio Final, or Final Judgment, or Judgment Day if you prefer, is supposed to be a celebration of Victor Quiñones, the founder of both IWA promotions. They're having their event in the Emilio A. E. Heike Coliseum in the town of Umacao, which has been the headquarters of the IWA for many, many months at this point. Probably over a year, quite honestly. At last year's Juicio Final event... It was the infamous Invader No. 1 world title win. Of course, we all know the Invader Number 1, the man responsible for the death of Bruiser Brody. Despite the enormous amount of controversy surrounding his name, Puerto Rico holds him with a lot of regard. He is effectively a folk hero for us here. Personally, I'm not a fan of it for obvious reasons. I may be Puerto Rican, but I'm also quite versed in the rest of the world, as you can probably listen from the sound of my voice. I understand that he brings a lot of controversy. Unfortunately, we've been able to sweep all of that controversy under the rug. But back to the topic at hand. Last year, Invader Number 1 had a massive storyline with then-top heel, Maniferno. At this point, that top heel is now a top babyface, Maniferno. Maniferno turned babyface last November. This year, Invader is again a part of the card, although this time he is a referee. He is the referee for the main event of this year's Juicio Final, which is TNT, one of Savio Vega's various aliases, taking on Romeo, who usurped Maniferno's spot in the IWE Alliance. That's the top heel faction. In the IWA, they love their heel factions trying to take over companies here in Puerto Rico. They really, really, really freaking do. That's a top match. It is scheduled to be a death match. I'm not sure if it literally will be a Texas death match with the 10 count after pinfalls or if it'll be a last man standing match or if it'll just be an extreme rules match. IWA or Puerto Rico in general They tend to be pretty lax when it comes to rules or lack thereof. That's the headlining match, TNT versus Romeo. The second match on the top is Maniferno, which, as I already stated, is the top babyface. He'll be taking on a masked wrestler known as La Gran Amenaza, the Great Threat. Here's the thing. The Great Threat came in in January. He came in with a championship in a bag to hide that title's identity. It's become pretty obvious that the man under this mask is Pedro Portillo III, who was the final LAWE champion before the company collapsed. And the story has been built that this is essentially a feud that was supposed to take place at another event. See, in January, there was an event called Demon Mania that was scheduled to take place. This was a show promoted by Hugo Savinovich, the famous Spanish broadcaster, slash Lucha Libre online panelist, slash live stream enthusiast, he canceled the event. Why? Because he couldn't wrestle. In an extremely selfish move, he canceled a full wrestling event, full with a lineup and wrestlers scheduled, simply because he couldn't wrestle in its main event. And originally, the semi-main event of that, of that show was Maniferno versus Pedro Portillo III. It would have been a clash of super heels back then. Alas, it didn't happen. So IWA picked up the ball and started that storyline with La Gran Amenaza essentially being Pedro Portillo under a mask, not wanting to unmask himself because, as he claims, IWA does not deserve to have his presence. It's a comical error... Uh, Classic arrogance from a heel. It's been worked pretty well. However, however, and here's the interesting part. Pedro Portillo Tercero is also scheduled for an event in Kissimmee, Florida tonight. And as a matter of fact, he is, in fact, in that event. So IWA will very likely try to pull the old bait and switch. Most likely. Now, the big question is if this bait and switch will simply be a different wrestler under under the mask. I mean... When you look at La Gran Amenaza and the insane level of cover-up that goes in- into it, you probably couldn't tell it somebody else. You probably couldn't. However, you could go with the storyline that Manifelno will unmask the wrestler and find out that it's not Pedro Portillo III. So that's possible. Let's see what they plan. We'll talk about it next week. Also in the match, we have a Buffalo Bison Bull Rope match. Now, this is your typical Texas Bull Rope match. However, the title is meant to be a tribute to the fallen Bison Smith. Well known for his run in pro wrestling, Noah. He was also a main event player in the IWA before passing away. So, former NWA World Tag Team Champion Apollo, who used to hold the title with D.Lo Brown at one point in TNA, is taking on Mr. Big. One of the company's semi-main event stars, former both of them former IWA world champions. This is essentially a super heavyweight clash between these guys. They did not have the best match at the last event. That would be a couple of months ago they had a match. It was your typical crawl through the crowd, hit each other with weapons, no rhyme or reason, and it eventually ended in a double countout. We've seen that type of match from these two a lot. And now they're promising a Texas bull rope match. So let's see what they do. In an Extreme Rules match, Asasel, the former Intercontinental Champion, takes on the current Intercontinental Champion, Manu. The story of this match is that these two had a cinematic match a couple of months ago, where they fought off through a river. I kid you not. It's a pretty good cinematic match, all things considered. Probably one of the best Cinematic matches, I can remember. That's not exaggerating anything. It was really well produced. It looked gorgeous. I've written reports about how it looked so damn impressive. You could probably think it's a telenovela or something like that on your local TV screen from how good it was filmed. But it wasn't, it it did not generate much interest, quite frankly. Viewership didn't increase. As a matter of fact, that episode dipped in terms of viewership on YouTube. They tried pushing it. It did not budge at all. But the story continues. Manu captured the title somehow by drowning SSL in that river. And now SSL comes for revenge. It's a non-title match, though. Also on the card, we have the legendary Miguel Perez Jr., another one of the former Los Boricuas, taking on Chris Diaz, the current IWA Puerto Rican champion. Chris Diaz, local Southwestern boy, just like me. Just like me. He's my neighbor. I'm so proud of him. But Chris Diaz taking on the legendary Miguel Perez. This is a hell of an opportunity for him. Let's see if they can deliver. We also have a Texas Rules, or I apologize, a Tornado Rules match for the IWA Tag Team Champions as the faces of destiny, almost said faces of fear there, the faces of destiny, Jay Blake and Nick Mercer, take on Nietzsche and Harry Williams. Now, Nietzsche is a veteran tag team wrestler as, one of, as well as one of the best pro wrestlers we have here in Puerto Rico, quite honestly. This man is a hell of a high flyer. And he's teaming up with Harry Williams, who is one of the many talented students at the Espiritu Pro Wrestling Dojo. This should be, on paper, a hell of a tag team match. Also scheduled, we have a match for the IWA Women's Championship, a championship that has been inactive since the relaunch of the IWA back in 2018. Now, when this title was reactivated, it was done so in a very touching video as Savio Vega visited the final IWA Women's Champion before they foreclosed in 2012. That would be Genesis. She was a very talented pro wrestler and was still marginally active in Puerto Rico, up until a few years ago. Unfortunately, illness has stricken her, and we were shown that she was bedridden, being taken care of in a hospital, and Salvia Vega declared that the title was reactivated. Not only reactivated, but that the entire run, from 2012 all the way to present day, would be counted as a full title ring. This was done as a tribute for Genesis, who was, of course, hospitalized and the such, This is a very touching uh, thing for Savio Vega to do. Scheduled for the event, though, we have Roxy, one of the best Puerto Rican female wrestlers we have right now, taking on Cristal, a veteran of IWA. She made her return not that long ago. And Natalia Perez, who is the daughter of Miguel Perez Jr., who in turn is the son of Jose Miguel Perez, meaning she is a third-generation pro wrestler. It's a very interesting match, I would say. And Natalia Perez certainly has a hell of a future awaiting her. As it stands, it really looks like a past versus present versus future. Cristal representing the past of the IWA when they were still active back in 2012, 2011, and such. She was a part of that female roster. Roxy would grow in the midst of that closure from 2012 onward to the present and has been one of the island's staple female wrestlers. While Natalia Perez. Represents the future. I'm kind of sorry. Because I've been going between Perez. Perez. Pe- I, I can't pronounce it ra- correct. The actual pronunciation is Perez. That's the correct pronunciation for that last name. If you've ever wondered about it. I should probably add this here. Because I forgot about it. There's also the world title match. In the Juicio Final card. How the hell did I forget? The world title match. On that, car. oh, that's right. It's because they don't really push it as the main event, do they? No, it's always third on the card, and as such, it slipped my damn mind. That's that's amazing. John Hawkins defends the IWA World Heavyweight Championship against Mike Mendoza. This is Mike Mendoza's return to the IWA. He had a I would say uneventful run in the original IWA before he would move on to WWC. It was the beginning of his career. Of course, now he's one of the top stars in the island. Back then, he was just a rookie. Now he's coming back. He's going after the world title. It should be a very good match if they're allowed to have a good match, if the booking allows it. Let's see. As it stands, you know, like I said, John Hawkins is the world champion, but he's hardly ever treated as the actual main event. It's an issue that goes on between both IWA and WWC. Their world champions they're not really treated as main event stars even though they're supposed to be. It's it's a common problem here really when you think about it. Both companies they tend to rely specifically on certain people and if those certain people aren't the world champions, it's usually an excuse to say, "Oh, we're we'll try we're trying new stars and the fans aren't you know, clamoring for it. So clearly it's the fans' fault. Nah, dude, it's the bookings' fault. Clearly. But that's where the world title stands. I can't believe I forgot about it. Anyway, let's move on now. We already spoke about Mike Mendoza. Let's talk about his wrestling school. The Espiritu Pro Wrestling Dojo is holding their next event. Loser Leaves Town. No, that's not a Spanish name. That is, in fact, the English name they went with. Loser Leaves Town. Why? Because that is their main event match. They have a Loser Leaves Town match. But I should explain first. What is the Espiritu Pro Wrestling Dojo? Well, it's the top wrestling school in Puerto Rico. Without a shadow of a doubt, it has gigantic influences when it comes to the talent around here in Puerto Rico. So many of the talents that go around WWC, IWA, and other promotions come from the Espiritu Pro Wrestling Dojo these days. They're just all over the freaking place at this point. However, they do tend to gather for these events in their own dojo. It gives these events a very Pro Wrestling Guerrilla type of vibe. Yeah, I'm not saying guerrilla. It's pronounced Guerrilla, people. Or Wrestling Guerrilla. I get with the program. But anyway, Espiritu Dojo has its Loser Leaves Town card slated for this Sunday. We're going to be talking about what's coming up on the card. If you've never seen an Espiritu Pro Wrestling Dojo show, hey, you can do so. You go to IWTV, you subscribe to their service, and you can find them right there. They've got a lot of cards up there. But this one in particular, the main event, Loser Leaves Town. El Hijo del Enigma takes on Eros. Story here is, Hijo del Enigma is an Espiritu Dojo original. The man has cultivated himself as a pro wrestler in this dojo. The man has the logo tattooed on his thigh. His girlfriend comes from the dojo as well. It happens to be Natalia Perez, meaning this dude, his whole family is now a part of this dojo. However, Eros Another man that studied under the dojo does not hold such loyalties. He has had a problem with Hijo del Enigma since their run in CWA Puerto Rico a couple of years ago. They've been chasing after each other. It's been nasty, and it's all boiling down to this loser leaves town, no holds barred main event. Also slated in the semi-main event spot of this card, a four-way match to determine the number one contender to the Espiritu Dojo Championship. Mike Mendoza, dojo master himself, taking on JC Navarro, another one of the dojo teachers, Manu, who I already mentioned in the IWA event, and Androide787, the former champion, and a hell of a prodigy as far as I'm concerned. These four will be meeting clashing in a four-way match. The winner will challenge none other than the current Espiritu Dojo champion who also happens to be one half of the current NWA World Tag Team Champions, Mecha Wolf. NWA star Mecha Wolf is the current Espiritu Dojo champion. He won the title at last at the last Espiritu Dojo event where he defeated Android 787 in a hell of a main event to win the title. However, after it, he threw the title down, a la Shane Douglas stepped on it and said that the title means nothing. It all means nothing. It's all un I'm sorry. It's all beneath him, I should say. Mike Mendoza came out, tried to stop him, and it's pretty clear like we're heading towards Mike Mendoza versus Mecha Wolf at some point. The question is when. Will it be at their next show after Loser Leaves Town or at some point down the line? That's a big question going into this match. We also have for the Copa Espiritu, that's a, a cup, basically, an Espiritu Cup tournament. It's a tag team tournament where Fuerza Recia, these are composed by Harry Williams and Bruno Baltasar, second generation star, very tall guy, taking on Edrax and Adam Riggs. Story here is pretty simple. Fuerza Recia, they are a current and full going tag team while Edrax and Adam Riggs Used to be a tag team, but they've drifted apart and they're coming back after two years. So that's the story going into this match. Women's action. We have Jaide versus Nail Robles. Nail Robles made her debut in the IWA recently. However, as it stands, she is only a reporter, at least on the IWA. She's been training in the dojo for quite a long time. While Jaide started as ring announcer for WWC, now has become an active wrestler. And these two will be clashing at the event. Nietzsche takes on Natalia Perez. I already mentioned her from the i w a preview. This should be a hell, a hell of a learning experience for Natalia Perez. Nietzsche, without a shadow of a doubt, is one of the best pro wrestlers here in Puerto Rico, as it stands. The man is an incredible high flyer. The man is an impressive person when it comes to just simply improvising in that ring when you see him in action. You'll be blown away by half the shit he does, quite honestly. Yeah, I said shit. It's amazing, really. Xavier Millet takes on Terror Nocturno. Now, we've seen Xavier Millet a few times. He's still a rookie, I would say. While Terror Nocturno has been only seen in dark matches. So this is technically his first televised, I don't know, IWTV counts as paper, I would say, first appearance. On TV in some capacity. So these are two rookies going head to head. An interesting one. Chris Mendoza, the brother of Mike Mendoza, and of course my co-host in the Espiritu Dojo podcast, takes on Ruben. Ruben is a masked wrestler with autism. That would mean he would be the second pro wrestler with autism to become an active pro wrestler in the island of Puerto Rico. The first one being Chupi Hunter. He started wrestling for IWR, one of the lower-end wrestling promotions in the island, recently. And, well, the announcement was made in the World uh, Autism Day. I, I'm not sure how you say it in English. I'm sorry. It's not my first language. I'm trying. But, yeah, that's a pretty interesting match going taking place there. Be cool, too. Jason Cesar versus Felix Aldea rounds out the card here for Loser Leaves Down. And finally, Olympic silver medalist Jaime Espinal, who had a tryout for the WWE. He also helped found the Espiritu Pro Wrestling Dojo many years ago. He's making his return here, and he's going to make some sort of special announcement. Is he coming back as a trainer? Is he coming back as an active wrestler? Who knows? But the man's going to have a pretty active 2013, it seems. Not only coming into the Spirito Dojo, but if things go as planned, a movie is coming out where he's going to be the star. Yeah, he's going to portray Carlos Colon in the upcoming Super Estrellas de la Lucha Libre movie, based on the heyday of WWC, the 80s. That's pretty interesting. But that's your card for Loser Leafs Town. From Espiritu Dojo. Like I said. Their events are available. In IWTV. It's a simple $10 subscription. And not only does it give you access. To Espiritu Dojo's content. But also a lot. Of independent wrestling. Is available on that platform. On to our next topic. EWA. That's Evolution Wrestling Association. Is holding their. Accion Sin Limites event. Tonight it's it's more of a TV taping really their big event comes next week on the 22nd when they're holding their renacer de gloria event that would be what would you call that in english a uh, rebirth of glory i guess that that would be the direct english tra- translation but that's their big card this is a simple TV taping and it's it'll be a good barometer of what's the interest level for EWA the company kind of Soft land, soft debuted in December. I don't know the separation between them and Ground Zero Wrestling was very messy. I I don't I, I still don't understand the full story of what the hell happened there. But regardless, EWA is on quite the upswing. Really, they're they're constantly growing in their attendance, their viewership on their weekly shows is constantly go- growing. It feels like they're gaining momentum as a third promotion in Puerto Rico after the fall of L.A.W.E. So it'll be pretty interesting to see the fallout coming out from this show. And we'll see what they have planned for their Renacer de Gloria event coming up next week. WWC, of course, the premier professional wrestling league here in Puerto Rico. They've existed for 50 long years, although their television would say otherwise. Regardless, their events since the start of the new year have been very good, quite frankly. I've attended several of them. I'm going to be attending one next week when they come back to the town of Guayanilla. They've been on fire in terms of live events. I can't say the same for TV, though. Their their weekly TV has been... Well, it went from average to just flat-out abysmal. However, they did have a major announcement this week when they announced that they will be holding a card on the 29th, Saturday, April 29th, from the... Pepin Sestero Coliseum in Bayamon. Now, why is that such a significant event? It's because this Coliseum, the Pepin Sestero, is historically recognized as one of the bigger locations when it comes to pro wrestling. Think of it as the 2300 Arena for Independent Pro Wrestling in the United States or Budokan Hall, or actually, no, I wouldn't say Budokan Hall. More like, uh, what would be a good comparison? Coriquen Hall. Yeah, that would be a better comparison. Korra Hall for Japanese pro wrestling. That would be the better comparison of what this building represents for us in Puerto Rico. It was the home base for the IWA when it was founded in the 2000s. WWC used it for tapings during the 80s. It would become the house of pro wrestling in a sense. WWL, when it was active, would regularly frequent the venue as well. It was damaged after Hurricane Maria in 2002. 2000- 17. It went inactive for a long time. Repairs began in 2019. However, Hurricane Fiona, as well as the earthquakes, slowed the process down, the pandemic and such. However, it was announced earlier this year that it would open up again. Volleyball tournaments and such started taking place. Uh, Savio Vega tried to put his hands, you know, put his markings on it. With uh, live streams from the IWA official Facebook site and such. But it happened to be WWC who landed the first event for pro wrestling in this venue. They'll be holding it on the 29th. It'll be a pretty uh, special event, I would say. I mean, it's the return of what many people consider the cathedral of professional wrestling here in Puerto Rico. You know, that's kind of akin to Arena Mexico in, Me- in Mexico. I'm sorry, I got tongue-tied there. Or Corriquen Hall in Japan. However, some people do kind of exaggerate the importance of the venue. You know, at the end of the day, I don't think WWC is going to overdraw their usual 300 crowd just because it's this venue. I don't think they're going to break 300 people, quite honestly. But, you know, who, who's to say they could grow a little bit more? I mean, the arena itself holds... About 3,000 people without really much of a ringside capacity. we probably hold like maybe 4,000 at its maximum capacity. But WWC, you know, they, they tend to have a hard time going past 300 as it stands. Even with their growing momentum heading into their 50th anniversary. So I'm not so sure about that. Let's see what happens on the 29th. But they're not the only people running. On the 29th. No, holy shit, man. You should see the slate of events. On April 29th, we also have CWA running an event titled Copa Tomas Marin. That would be the Tomas Marin Cup in English. It's a tribute to Ed Maltillo. That means the hammer. Tomas Marin was one of the top trainers in poor wrestling here in Puerto Rico. He was a notable referee for WWC. And before that, he was a pretty notable wrestler. CWA, alongside the CWS, which is a wrestling school, will be holding a two-night event in tribute to the man. Those two events take place on the 29th and the 30th alongside WWC. They're not the only ones, though. IWA has already scheduled an event in the town of Umacao, the Amelio Heike Coliseum, where they're taking place tonight. They already scheduled an event for that same day, the 29th, April 29th. Ground Zero Wrestling is running Desquite. Another event slated for the 29th. So the 29th is loaded when it comes to wrestling events here in Puerto Rico. That's something that tends to happen pretty commonly here. At least once a month, you get one day that'll run like five or six events. As it stands, you know, I asked around, like, why why is it that this happens? And the biggest indicator of why is apparently because that's the payday. Yeah, believe it or not, the payday, government payday influences when we have our wrestling cards here in Puerto Rico. Typically, government paydays are the 15th and the 30th. So more likely than not, you're going to run into a lot of events close to the 15th and the 30th. And effectively, the 29th, you know, it's one day before the government payday, and that means a lot of money is available to run all of these events. The wrestling world's crazy here in Puerto Rico. But that's the end of this episode for Wrestling 787. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next week when we talk about WWC, what they have planned, what's the fallout from IWA, whatever other news comes to us from Puerto Rico. We'll be here to talk about it. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Goodbye, my people.